If I haven't said this before, now might be the perfect moment to point out that the 12 artists who participated in my book, I've Got Something to Say, interpreting my articles, refashioning them, or providing an accompanying illustration, are equal parts from Canada and America. Six Americans, starting with Brian Walsby, Gary Dumb, Mary Fleener, Valiant himself, Juan Montoya, and Erie Vaughn, and six Canadians, Michelle Away Langevin, Gary Texali, Damien Abraham, Fiona Smith, Richard Comley, and Cam Hayden. From last episode with Away in Montreal, Quebec, to Calgary, Alberta, this podcast goes west now. Being in a band can be a tough slog. It can be challenging to be on the road, away from home, away from amenities and safety nets, but I'm not going to give you a sob story here. Past any minor annoyances, it's hella fun. Every time I see or hear someone pull a sour face describing the so-called rough-and-tumble life of a band, be sure that I am in the corner rolling my eyes at their sad sack sympathy grab. I think the sadder the story, the more fun they're actually having on the road. Or perhaps it shows just how much of a charmed life they've led to this point where a job, any job, could feel like crushing hardship. It's laughable, and I swear to God, the music industry is filled with these soft-baked children. Anyways, I digress. For me, a great benefit being in a band is really the stuff you're given. Over the years, what started with cassettes graduated to CDs, to t-shirts. But I must say, my favorite stuff I've received from people is artwork. It's a very cool thing when someone takes time out to do some original artwork and then present it, you know, to me. Plus, to be honest, it usually doesn't weigh that much in your luggage or carry-on bag. I have a little stash at home for it. Sometimes it's bang-on, full facsimiles of photos of me or the band, and other times it's wild interpretations. I like getting people's doodles, illustrations, paintings even, and I showcase this appreciation by having 12 illustrators collaborate with me for the book. If I go back inside my mind, I can't remember exactly when I met Cam Hayden, but I do know it was playing shows in Calgary And there would be this guy who would give me this incredible artwork that he had done. I mean, really out there artwork, referencing the same stuff that we all grew up on. I remember him giving me a a, somewhat of a, a poster that mashed Kiss and the Golden Girls together, but mashed them together almost as if through a guar zombie meat grinder. Weird isn't a big enough word to describe his work. It also ventured further with music and his band, The Cripple Creek Fairies. Cam's also done a stint in The Mance, one of my favorite garage bands from Canada. Hell, one of my favorite Canadian bands, period. And his independent comics he's done, like Red Fang, Shitty Stories, to his futility comic series he's doing these days, and is about five issues deep. It's fantastic. Futility is a comic about astronaut Red Hayes and his troublesome intergalactic adventures with very disturbing aliens. Yucky aliens is more like it. It's by camp, so you can bet it's pleasingly disgusting. For my book, Cam's illustration accompanies an article I wrote about Leonard Cohen's song, Hallelujah!, how it's been covered by musicians everywhere to the point of nausea and vomiting. 
a perfect backdrop for Cam Hayden's artwork to live in. I mean the nauseating vomiting part, not the hallelujah part. So I asked Cam a few months back leading up to the book's release to come onto the podcast and have a chat. And so here we go. I hope you enjoy this. It's me and Cam Hayden, and this is the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. It's better get his Danko screw up, tell him for free. I'm so glad I like to stop time. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing. Hang down. Down. Thank you for listening to the Danko Jones podcast. We hope you will enjoy the show. The Danko Jones podcast. Sit back and let the evening go. The Danko Jones podcast. It's wonderful to be here. It's certainly a thrill. You're such a lovely audience. We'd like to take you home with us. We'd like to take you home. We'd like to take you home. It's the one and only, your boy, Danko Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones podcast starts. How's it going? Uh, Pretty good. Just, Just got regaled. With a tale of wiping out by one of my coworkers, it's blizzarding here again as usual. So. Oh yeah, you're in Calgary. Yeah, it's been like an icy wasteland for for months and months and months, and then it's just uh, it rained today, so it's just everywhere's ice. So. I guess I shouldn't complain that it's raining out today in Toronto to you, right? Nah, <laughs> you still can. <laughs> Complaining's fun, so. Well. I'm having you on the podcast to to really, you know, I'm bringing out the illustrators just to say thank you for participating in the book. And, uh, you know, I I loved all the the, the illustrators who contributed artwork. And um, your illustration was particularly funny. And it was uh, having to do with an article I wrote about Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah song being overplayed in pop culture. Um, But also, I tried leading up to this to think back, when did we meet? I can't even remember. Do you remember? Um, I know that I had met you a couple times very briefly that you wouldn't have remembered because it was probably like a decade ago at least. Just in passing, you know, just at shows. Like you, you guys would come in and you'd play like the night gallery or the Republic or whatever. Right. In, in Calgary quite a long time ago. And then, uh, it was probably about four years ago. You guys played the Republic and I was the DJ there that night. And I kind of met your sound guy at the time. And so I sort of knew him a little bit. And then, uh, it was probably a year or two after that. A friend of mine had tickets to your show and someone bailed on him. So he had a spare ticket. And uh, he asked me if I wanted it, and so and I did, and I, I felt kind of guilty because I was getting a free show out of it. So I thought I'd pay it forward, and I suspected you were a bit of a nerd. So <laughs> so I, I I brought a bunch of my comics and prints and stuff because I'd been doing uh, like comic expos and stuff for the last few years before that, 
so I got together a bundle of stuff and yeah. And I, we got to the show, and I was kind of keeping an eye out for you to see if I could hand it off to you. And I, you weren't around, but I saw your sound guy again, so I was going to give it to him to pass on to you. And he said, "Oh, our, our tour manager or whatever is just sitting over there having lunch, so give it to him." And so I give it to him, and uh, and my my buddy Whitey was there as well, Whitey Kirst. Yeah. Who uh, is of note? I, I I guess we should say you know in the in the rock world. Yeah, he's he's pretty interesting guy from Calgary who ended up playing with Iggy Pop for I don't know how many years, but I think the last album he played on was Beat 'Em Up, and then he was on a couple before that or something. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, he's a bit of a mystery, but but anyways, we were I, I was hanging out with Whitey, and then we were talking to your sound guy again. And uh, he started asking about the comics, which was like, which is weird because I kind of anticipated that I would give someone the stuff and then they would give it to you and then you would put it in the garbage can or, uh, (laughs) or stow it away and like it would get busted out, you know, on the tour bus on the way to Winnipeg or something. But, but then he was like, yeah, your comics are weird. I was like, oh, crap, like, everyone's reading them already. This is, like, half an hour later, so. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, you guys, you guys should go backstage after and say hi. So that's that's when I that's when I officially met you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually coming back to me. And I remember one of the posters that you did give me initially that caught my eye was this mashing of Kiss with the Golden Girls, two entities that will always catch my eye. And uh, you did that, I think it was like uh, Yesterday and Today cover. Was that it? Yeah, so it was the Golden Girls all covered in meat and doll parts with the big Kiss logo over top of it. So So it was a mishmash with the Beatles as well. Yeah. Actually, at an expo a couple of years ago, I gave that to uh, Ken Kelly, the guy who did the Destroyer album cover. Right. He's like, oh, don't show that to Gene. He'll sue you. But yeah, so, so. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them to, yeah, exactly. But still, these are lovely tributes only meant, you know, like I, I, I notice a lot of these mashes or whatever you call them these days, like they're pro- cropping up more and more. I mean, I just saw uh, I just saw a Golden Girls mashup the other day. I mean, it, it's... Um, yeah, there's tons of them now. So. You can't stop it now at this point. It's just going to happen. And it helps whatever brand they're mashing. It, it definitely helps. Um, but anyways, then that was kind of the gateway to, to lead me into your world of, of comic books and just to find out that you, you do several titles or, or you've not – not all at the same time, but you've done like you would you move on to the next series when you're finished something and you and they're all self published. I, I, I'm gonna assume and they're all yeah. insane. Let's just start with that. Yeah, they're all kind of a bit bonkers. The, the main one I do is sort of a science fiction thing with a, my writing partner, and it's about a uh, a farmer in 1969 who used to be an astronaut, but he got kicked out of NASA, so he's he's got a bit of a bone to pick with NASA. So he wants to beat Apollo 11 to the moon. So that's futility. That's futility. So he makes his own rocket and then just gets lost in space. So it's, it's sort of like a hillbilly lost in space kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
and that's the main that's the main series that we're working on and then i do sort of little side books here and there too that are more standalone kind of things like shitty Um, stories yes like that (laughs) i mean you know it's uh, the best part about it is you know sometimes just like with music the best part is the title you know exactly that's the one that when i'm when i'm doing conventions and stuff that's the one that seems to catch people's eye most of all they don't buy it but they stop and comment on it so really i would buy it well yeah yeah you you kind of uh get the sensibilities of it though most of the people at the expos are more into just your typical marvel movie kind right. of stuff right okay these days, yeah so. no i get it yeah yeah i mean it might so the, sorry yeah if you see like a scumbag walk by in a ghost shirt or <laughs> or sepulchre shirt then you know that that's a mark right there so <laughs> yeah exactly but, yeah but if they're wearing like a captain america shirt you know they're just going to carry on by but yeah right oh wow a dirty word which one? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. kids walk by and yeah. they get their eyes shielded and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. sometimes someone will be will be will have a will be at a table beside someone selling, you know, like handbags or something. So <laughs> the parents will be the parents will be looking at the the handbags and then the kids will kind of drift over and I'll catch them flipping through the books. Just like, oh no, don't. Got <laughs> to kind of shoo them away. Because so, well, you you flip through them, you know, there's things. There. Oh, absolutely. Right. A lot of scat humor. A lot of dick and ball humor a lot of yeah yeah all the usual all the, suspects all the low-hanging fruit for rock <laughs> scumbags and yeah. comic scumbags so. um and then speaking of rock uh you you also play music and there's a there's a definite connection that we that i sussed out right away now let me get this straight were you one of my favorite bands from canada are the mants and you were in the mants Am I right? Briefly, I was in the Mance. Um, well, maybe not. It depends how you look at it. Um, <clears throat> so initially, when I moved to Calgary, um, I joined the radio station at, at the university. So all of a sudden, like my mind expanded, and I got to know all this underground music and got right. to meet all the people in the music scene and stuff. And I'd been pl- playing in bands myself, but my band was not playing much out of town or anything like that. So when my friends' bands would go out of town, I would I would go with them. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the main ones was, there was a band called The Bitterman that I used to go out of town with as just kind of their merch guy or whatever. And then I would go out of town with the Mance as well. And in that case, um, they had the main three guys in the band, and then they also had sort of a mascot character called Go-Go Gorilla who would kind of terrorize the audience and, sing one of his songs and stuff so for the for a few years i was the guy in the stinky gorilla suit um so i don't know if you count that as Ah. (laughs) (laughs) okay well you know it's hard then later on yeah sorry sorry no go ahead go ahead oh later on um andy the main man moved to victoria and the Mm -hmm. man's kind of ceased to be for quite a while yeah. And then the radio station was having a like an anniversary show, and they were getting a lot of kind of defunct bands to come back and perform, and Andy agreed to do it. So me and uh, another guy who had played drums briefly with them became the Mats for these reunion shows. So, oh. so I did play bass in the Mats, and um, most recently I, I mixed the next Mats record. So Whoa! 
That's heavy so, news. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, the one thing about the mants that maybe people don't realize if they've never seen the mants or heard of them, uh, the mants are half man, half ant, and they wear these ant masks on them. So you don't really know who's in the band. You just see these like ant ant men, basically. So when I ask you if you were in the, the mants, and I'm not really sure – nobody's sure who's in the mant. It's kind of a, like a residence thing. You never see these guys. So yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, who was in the mant before you, because you're wearing the same mask and you're tasting their face against your face. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like using the same microphone, but like for like in a, yeah. Balloon, in a in, full yeah, face. Yeah. 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 Um, is when we formed our band and even before we formed our band, you know, there in the nineties, there were like garage rock music was just definitely bubbling over. Um, and you know, I was aware of different scenes. So the Mance to me, and there was also Huevos Rancheros out West. They were some fabled band that were like super cool. So when we started to tour and we finally got out to Calgary, my first questions to people were like, who are the Mants? Where are they? Are they do you know them? Like I, I would ask anybody, you know. So, um, and finally, yes, I don't remember how, but I am now in touch with Andy from the Mants, and yeah, he's out in Victoria. We haven't gone out to Victoria yet, but when we do, one yeah. of these days, it's been years. So when we do, I'm definitely gonna throw him a, a message and hopefully have a face to face with him. Yeah, they're great. There's, there's. They're still the poorly oiled machine that they always were and, uh, <laughs> in a good way, in the best way. In the best way, yeah. Um, and then um, your band, the Cripple Creek Fairies, am I right? Is that still going? Yeah, it's still going. It's a bit of, bit of a hiatus right now, but it's technically it's still going. And then I also play in a band called the Exploding Pigs, which is members of Forbidden Dimension and uh, some other – other old crony bands right in calgary but yeah forbidden dimension was another band that's right yeah like when i first when i first moved to calgary it was right when all that stuff was going on so mm-hmm. i kind of landed right in the middle of this kind of garage rock explosion here so you had the mats and you had the von zippers who were oh yeah cream of the crop yeah uh, in that department and then yeah Wavos and forbidden dimension who are still going and uh, yeah, yeah. Placebo was playing around, so you had Leslie Feist. Oh wow! Kicking around town before she moved to Toronto. Yeah, and then uh, one of the, some of the first shows I had as a band, we got defeated in a battle of the bands by Tegan and Sarah. Who wow! Were, like, just young teenagers at the time. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, there's and Primrods and Wagbeard. And oh yeah, Primrods. Yes, yes. A ton of cool stuff going on so yeah it was pretty cool to see all that because until then i didn't really know anything about local bands i i only was exposed to you know whatever i saw in metal edge magazine or whatever yeah you know, growing up in the country so yeah like uh yeah back in like the mid to late 90s i just remember alberta especially calgary just being a hotbed for you know underground garage rock music and when we got there, you know, we got there on a different, in a different way. So I wasn't able to like really get into that scene. You know, we weren't, we weren't on bills with bands from that scene because we, we 
I can't remember a hundred percent sure, but you know, our video was on much music. So, you know, it was, it was coming from that angle, but in reality, we, we were all kind of like, you know, we had our ears to the ground when it came to, you know, what was going on in Calgary garage punk wise. So yeah, definitely. That's, that's what I took you guys as sort of in the same vein as like Nashville pussy or tricky woo, like that kind of Mm -hmm. like still garage rock in my mind at the time. So yeah, it was just, you know, it's been an interesting ride being in a rock band at this, in this, during these times in Canada, because you are, depending on who you speak to, you're perceived completely differently. So I just wish there were, there was more, there was a few, you know, you, I could suss them out in the crowd in Calgary. Oh yeah. You know, they, they probably are coming from that garage rock angle. But there was a lot yeah. of people who were coming from maybe a, a rock radio angle or a much music uh, thing that had brought them to the show. Yeah, it's all fine by me as long as they come. But uh, I would have liked to have made more connections with the uh, Calgary scene at that time. But but yeah, yeah it would have been it would have been a solid fit. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you can differentiate those people. You probably just look out, see who has the rattiest T-shirt or <laughs> the largest cl- crowd cloud of uh, flies hovering above them until <laughs> right. pick up the, <laughs> the old garage people. But. Well, if anything, you know, you are definitely a connection uh, to that scene and you're part of this book. It's coming out in June and, and uh, I'm just very, very happy and glad to, to have you on board. I'm a big fan of Futility. I've read every issue, at least every issue you've given me. And mm-hmm. um, am, I, am I missing a few issues now? No, you've probably got all four so far. I do. It, it yeah. takes so long to make. Um, I'm yeah. just finishing up the newest one, which is a. Because initially we were going to try to do multiple issues a year, but it just when we everyone's got full time jobs and it just takes so long. So the next one we do is going to be a, a double size issue. So it'll be like 50 pages or something. And I'm just finishing up inking that one, and it's taken months and months and months. It's just brutal, but. Uh, it will be it's on the way and then other stuff as well but. now when you're you know, when you're working on a book independently and you know you got to do it on your own time kind of so to speak is it a is it a daily slog like do you do do you do this like after you know at night for one or two hours yeah. or, really so that takes months with that oh, process yeah, for sure. wow every once in a while you'll get like a weekend that's open and you can kind of buckle down and put in like 16 hours or whatever it takes like it's yeah you just chip away at it and then eventually like a year later hopefully you're done but but then you got to go to the colorist and the, the letterer and all that stuff and then the printer it's it's oh uh God. i don't know if it's as long a process as your book has been but uh <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting getting, getting there yeah i mean it's it's a, the book world or now i should include the comic book world is a very tedious and you know, patience is so needed because, you know, mm. as you know, being in the coming from the music world, um, shit, man, you can have the song being listened to within hours of writing it, really, if you wanted to um, write it, record it, yeah. and then just put it out on like a SoundCloud platform or something and then just, you know, post about it on Twitter or Instagram and voila, people are listening to something you wrote literally an hour, two hours ago. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's how I try to approach the books is the same, that sort of garage rock attitude 
that you know it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be kind of cool and interesting and entertaining but but yeah it takes so long to draw it just it's like i mean you could bust out something that looks like crap but yeah exactly well that was always that was always the thing about garage rock that i think it kind of folded in on itself was um technology kind of deleted it because after a while if you're going to deliberately choose to record in a shitty style uh, and a shitty sound, it, it ends up being a pose because the initial grab was the fact that, you know, you could hear the, 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 the magic nuggets uh, in this like real shitty sound because the band couldn't afford any recording. And, but now that anybody can record, like record fairly decently um, at a, at a no budget, um, it kind of phased out garage music unless, you know, you know, making it deliberately shitty sounding is almost like to me, it's a pose, you know? Um, yeah. And you, you almost have to work harder to make it sound shitty because <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like you have, it's like you have to step it back a bit because it's easy to record fairly well now. Yeah. So yeah. So the same thing as what you're saying, I guess. But. Yeah. And the effort that it takes to make it sound shitty now is kind of like, well, that goes against the aesthetic of the of the of the genre because it was you know it wasn't about putting the effort into making something sound good it was just like catching a spark uh that's what i loved about garage rock and 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 punk rock music in general and you know maybe it's because i i now know where you, where you come from that when i see your artwork i get that kind of punk rock aesthetic that that you can, you can sense in, in, in the books. Um, so yeah, don't, don't, you know, yeah, it's very, uh, it's hard to describe, but you know, no, beyond, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that that comes through because that's definitely where it's coming from. And then in the case of futility, the, the writer that I work with was also in a band with me too. So, so we're both coming from this sort of indie rock kind of approach. So we're not, we're not trying to be like, I have no illusions that I'm going to ever draw anything from Marvel or anything like that. I, I don't even really care about that. I like, I like the fanographic stuff, like all the yeah. grubby, dirty stuff that yeah. everyone, everyone grew up reading mad magazine, you know? And yeah. That's what I like. I don't like, I, like speaking of your book, I remember kind of the first, what I perceived as like an indie comic was Somehow I came into possession of like a couple of Captain Canuck comics. Oh and right! I, and I didn't know where they came from, I don't, or how to get any more. Or, they weren't like on a, they weren't Marvel or DC. So that was kind of my first introduction to being to knowing that like oh, someone can just make something and put it out, and it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be Marvel or whatever. So it's pretty cool to be in a book with Richard Comley now among the same pages there so that's that's pretty pretty cool yeah it's a it's a such a feather in my cap and you know and if you know if anything take away all my records i still have that calmly page that where he illustrated captain yeah. canuck into into what we do so yeah definitely I, I oh my god that's such a and it ends the book too so it's so uh feels so oh, nice. great 
Yeah. Yeah, he's such a nice guy too. I talked to him there. I wanted he's pops up at expos all the time too, so I mm-hmm. talked to him. I actually gave him some the same copies of Futility, so I those probably definitely hit the garbage can with him, but <laughs> he's a Mormon. Yeah. He's a he's a yes. practicing Mormon. I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember that after I gave him my comics. <laughs> Oh, whoops. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember. But you know, he doesn't like him. It's okay. But yeah, I think he's I I'm I'm so happy that Captain Canuck has gotten uh, a reboot with Chapter House, you know, and it's not the same, but it's 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 good enough for me like and the artwork's great and mm-hmm. it's keeping up with the times and I just love the character and I think those Chapter House guys are doing a good job. You know? Yeah, I just I actually just looked up their webpage a couple of days ago and because I just to see what else they were doing. So it looks like they're they've got quite a bit going on. So yeah, like other titles and yeah, really interesting. And in the world There's, of independent comics, just like you're describing, my God, such a process. Yeah, but in the end, it's fun. It's it's not as fun as recording an album, but it's uh, it, once it's done, it's fun to have it in your hand. Yeah, kind of thing that exists. Yeah, I mean, so much more work is put into like uh, a book, and and even more work into a comic book. That you know, music is so immediate. Like the, the you know, listening back to your song is like within seconds. But um, I I don't know when I got the box with all the you know the first first copies of the book. It was very satisfying looking at the two stacks contained yeah. in the box where you're like, wow, this is so, this is a satisfaction I've never felt before. So yeah, it was very yeah. cool. That's very true. Cool. It works the opposite way too. Sometimes when I go down into my basement and I see all the boxes and stacks of unsold CDs from <laughs> previous <laughs> bands, then the effect is different. But, uh, but yeah, when they show up for that first day, it's, it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, well, I bust out the knife and cut the cut the the tape and pop it open and then the the stink kind of comes out. Just, yeah, oh, new stuff. I've said this before. You can't call yourself a musician if you don't have boxes in some garage or some room uh, of unsold CDs or records or any or T-shirts. You, you're not a musician unless you have those stacks somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe my basement qualifies as a bomb shelter now because of all the extra <laughs> yeah. lining against the walls of all this stuff. So. Yeah, right. Unless the shards of the shattered CDs cut me into chunks. <laughs> right, Let's, right. We'll see when the time comes. Right. You can fashion those into some sort of makeshift weapons for the uh, apo- for the apocalypse. So. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'll be set. Like you'll have... I'll be very... They'll be able to see me coming from miles because the... The radioactive sun will be glinting off my <laughs> yeah. suit of CD armor, but ninja stars for life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pizza cutters. Well, Cam, thanks a lot, man. I know you're uh, you're at work. Great, and yeah, thanks again because it's like I say, it's an honor to be among well your your book and all the other artists in there, like like uh, away from Voivod. Like it's another kind of touchstone of my youth. Like when I would go get those. Uh, Metal Edge magazines, and it's kind of mind blowing to see that there was actually like a cool Canadian metal band, and, and uh, Duff McKagan. That's pretty cool. Erie Vaughn with all my all from all my favorite Danzig albums. That's 
amazing. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you, man. And I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, you, now there is a connection to the Calgary garage scene. With, there with, we go. With, there you go. I'm sorry Thank. it was me and not Tom Bagley or something. Oh, it's, I'll take it, man. You did <laughs> shitty stories, and you got to do another shitty stories. Come on. I'm the biggest I want fan. I just, I've just got to finish off this next issue of Futility, and then I think the floodgates will open for other things. It's just It's taken up so much of my time just getting this 50-pager done. All right. Well, Cam, thank you so much, man. Cool. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.